Welcome back to the Men You're Not Alone podcast. This is episode 84, assuming I, I upload a couple of them that I've got recorded, but I haven't edited them yet. And I don't know if I'm going to upload them or not. So anyway, at least as it's tracking right now, this will be episode 84. This is definitely going to be a brief one because I'm hungry and I'm ready to eat some lunch. It is a weekend and I was listening to uh, Jordan Peterson, who if you're not from the United States, you probably know who he is. If not, you can find him readily on any search engine. He is a psychologist who has been speaking his mind for a long time. He's He's a professor of psychology, but he's also an outspoken advocate for men and culture in general. But specifically men, he has risen to become a man, a voice for men as our culture has shifted into like a pretty radical side of gynocentricity, favoring females and discarding men and traditional masculinity. And so I was listening to Jordan deliver his opinion. Now, he was outraged at uh, some APA guidelines for, uh, I think that's the American, either Psychological Association or Psychiatric Association, I'm not sure, but they had issued new guidelines regarding uh, masculinity and how traditional masculinity is toxic. That it's just that they were they were changing it. Jordan Peterson. I mean, you can pull it up and find him online, talking about the recent changes to APA guidelines. He he is such a well spoken, well versed encyclopedia of studies and research that it, that people have a hard time holding their arguments against him because his personality does lend itself toward he is a he devours research papers and and uh Jordan talks data he talks hardcore data not opinions not I mean he does have opinions but his opinions seem to be premised upon the data not bending the data to fit his opinion anyway if you're not familiar with him take a look at him but he had uh summarized what he was railing against these changes in the APA guidelines is that the number one risk factor for young men in long-term delinquency, criminality, and antisocial behavior is fatherlessness. So I'd I'd finished listening to his uh, fairly lengthy rebuttal about this and his opinion of where this is going to take us and how abominable it was that that this wasn't even a professional change. This was a cultural change for an agenda. And then I got in the shower because I'm going to go eat lunch with one of my sons, I think. And it got me to thinking that if I were, you know, I'm 53 today. This Today's my birthday. I turned 53. At least in my generation, when, back when I was little, we were well into children being raised by single mothers. That was well underway by the time I was, I know for a fact, by the time I was five, because that's when my parents got divorced. And I don't think there was any debate that the children automatically go to the mother. So that had already rolled in. So I'm, I'm going to guess it had at least a 10 year head start from me. That would have been the early 70s. So the early 60s, at least, when. Uh, divorce had really started ramping up, and it was automatically assumed that the woman, um, who is automatically by by default virtuous, caring, nurturing, and loving, that became the standard in 
the court system in the family law courts of the United States. And I don't know about other countries where they stand now necessarily or where they were back in the 60s, 70s. I don't know when Australia and, and these other countries started having the exact same issues rising up against men and good fathers and good men. As I was in the shower, I started thinking about if you wanted to fracture a culture, because I do chase this down quite a bit on this podcast, I do believe that there are sinister minds at work. I'm not even saying they're brilliant, because I don't think they are. I think they're just evil. I, I don't think of them as brilliant, uh, the power players in the world. I don't think they're necessarily brilliant. I think they, I think they rolled in. I don't think they're the sharpest knives in the drawer. And I think that's why you have to, you know, that's often why you have to resort to violence or tyranny is because the masses will outthink you. And so you have to use brute force and make people afraid. Otherwise, your cover will be blown. And, and I don't like the, the movie uh, Wizard of Oz, but sort of like Oz behind the veil. You know, Oz is not some superpower. Oz is not some brilliant mastermind. Oz is just a, a dude pulling things behind a veil pulling strings behind a veil. And he's not some gifted anything. He's just a normal, flawed person. And that's the way I see people who run this world now. I do think there was probably some kind of, I don't, I don't want to say a cataclysm. It might have been, it, it could have been Satan being thrown to earth. I, I don't know. Somewhere around maybe 1825 to 1840, early 1800s, something like that. And I do believe that it's it's entirely possible and plausible that some surviving knuckleheads from either the time before, which was or was not, perhaps the millennial reign of Jesus, I don't know. But I think they just basically inherited what what was here. And that is that seems to be what the evidence suggests, even though that is contrary to what we've been taught. And so we in our cognitive dissonance, like to push that, push our head back in the sand and say that can't be true because we don't want it to be true, because then we would have to admit that our worldview is flawed, that what we know is perhaps false, that we have bought a lie, that we've been deceived, and we're really not that sharp. It should be empowering, but it's not, because from that position, you can move toward the truth at, at a much faster speed once you've unloaded the baggage of realizing that you are, are deceived. That has been part of my journey, a large part of my journey over the last several decades. But if if these sinister minds that that basically inherited it, they didn't they didn't make any of this, they didn't do anything, they just walked into it. And they've barely stumbled and clumsied their way around. And they have to rely on deception and and uh ugly violent things to pull off what their wicked agenda is for mankind, which would happen to fall in line with what Satan's agenda for mankind is, and that is to steal, kill, and destroy. If I wanted to fracture a culture that perhaps was driven strongly by families, held together by families, bonds, men and women in a relationship having a sense of place, a sense of purpose, women not being not not feeling like they were lesser if they wanted to raise children and take care of a home and manage things on the home front while the husband managed things on the income side. Uh, before all of that became seen, before the deception in people's minds began to shift and take hold, you know, my grandfather 
and and grandmother, they were not offended by their roles. Uh, my grandmother did not. In fact, my great grandmother, they took pride in the fact that their calling in life, their purpose in life was to raise children to have a, a shot at becoming healthy 40-year-olds in, in life, to make a secure home, to feed the family and, and things like that, while their husbands, uh, a lot of my past, they're, it's agricultural, they were farmers, things like that. They didn't, there wasn't tension that there was some kind of unfair treatment. They felt like they were in their roles that, that God had created them to do well. And they weren't wanting each other's position. They weren't at odds with each other. So if you've got that kind of culture and you want to fracture that, if, like what Jordan Peterson said, that the number one risk factor for young men is fatherlessness. And that's what leads to long-term delinquency antisocial behaviors, and criminality. That, I mean, that's not some secret. Like, that, that wasn't a secret when I was a kid. When you start fracturing the natural order of things, it, it's not going to bear good fruit. It's just not. And that's not something that you need a psychologist's opinion for. It's not something you need a survey for. It is intuitive in human nature to know that. And you have to deceive yourself to say that changing the natural order of things there's a natural order to life. And if you don't see it, you are blinding yourself to the obvious. Just as, as manipulating genes to create something that doesn't naturally exist, it leads to issues. It leads to illnesses. Look at our food chain. Look at how we have altered foods to where now we are watching the sickness and the toxicity that is accumulating in people's bodies, generating all kinds of, you know, quote, illnesses, when in fact I would argue along with a lot of other people that we have been simply poisoning ourselves by playing God and altering the natural order of life because food is left undisturbed in its natural state. It is healing and healthy. It is not something that is toxic. It is not something that eats holes in your stomach. It is not something that generates allergies, it, severe allergies. It is not something that creates skin issues, brain development issues, stuff like that. This is not the way God created food and gave it to us, but we have changed that. So if you wanted to change the natural order of something to start bringing this country down, the United States... Like I said, it, it's not like it was secret knowledge that if you could remove fathers, that boys would go errant. They would go astray. Back when, before I was even born, I was born in 1969, and, and it, uh, it would be somewhere, I'm guessing, in the early 60s is where this probably took root. By removing men, you shift the culture toward gynocentric thoughts, and then you've got the women's liberation movement, which... Again, I have said for a long time, I'm not convinced that was organic. I do think it was largely manufactured. And if you look at the fruit of it today, I don't see a lot of happy women with what has been born of that. It's sort of like the same thing as the GMO food. Oh, we're going to feed the world. Well, no, we're going to poison the world. That's what we're doing is we're poisoning ourselves and people with chemicals and altered things that are not part of the way God made the world. They are outside the natural order and they affect and alter the natural order of things, especially the natural world and the way biological systems work. 
So the if if the family is like a biological unit and you want to damage it, you alter it by removing fathers. And you know, 60 years ago, that I guess it would, no, gosh, more than that, 1964, yeah, 60 years ago, a little over that maybe, that if you start removing fathers and you slant the court system and you load the court system so that fathers are removed from the raising of children or exceedingly minimized to 4.3 days a month, that is every other weekend, the, the fruit of that over time is going to be a male population that has antisocial behavior, that is prone toward criminality, and has long-term delinquency issues. Now look across our culture and tell me that we do not see more of that than when we were, if you're older, if you're 20, you're not going to see the difference. But if you're my age or older, tell me you don't see more of those things than you did when we were younger. I clearly do. And it's part of what I try to help heal men from is the choices that they make. But unfortunately, I'm working against something that is pretty big. And without God helping me, I can't do it. I cannot make inroads into most guys' lives without the grace of God either giving me words to speak to men or at least let them see in my eyes that I am genuinely you know, concerned and I'm, I'm here to walk with them through the battlefield and that they have to do a lot of heavy lifting to, to come out of that storm sometimes. And on the back end, it will involve making different decisions and being aware of how our raising has impacted us. And I am a child of that. So I was raised by a single mother, and, and, and my mom's a good mom. But my dad did not play a big role, and honestly, he didn't have a lot of choice. He got 4.3 days a month. And I still am very close to my father, I, but it took effort for me to do that. And I never ceased in that effort. Because the natural, if I had not exerted that effort, I honestly would not have a relationship with my father. If I had let what had been handed or decided in the courtroom to stand and lived by that, I would not have a relationship with my father. And I did see the fruit in my early years of not having a father to slam into when I was making choices about stuff because I didn't have that role model necessarily for quite a while when I was young. Um, but somehow God saw fit to walk me through it. So I think it is entirely possible. It's just food for thought. But let's say this. Is it possible that sinister minds, who are not the sharpest knives in the drawer, want a simple animalistic way to alter the natural world? The same people who are altering our food chain, uh, they're behind how you need to take a medicine, get a shot, do... You should always be introducing some kind of foreign, unnatural thing into your body, and somehow this is going to make you, quote, better, when in fact our population is actually getting sicker by the, day, by the year. So even though our population is getting sicker by the year, we keep listening, or a lot of people keep listening to the deception that altering the natural order of things is not going to bear bad fruit or destructive fruit. So I would say that it is entirely possible that these sinister minds hatched a plan 60 years ago, 65 years ago, 
to start removing fathers to change the natural order of the biology of the family. And in so doing, they now find us where we are. And so you have a bunch of estranged men who were raised by single women or maybe women who got remarried a bunch. I don't know. It was not what God had created the family to be. It was something uh, different, something a, a vulgar translation of what God had created the family to be. And now you have all these men who I would say a large chunk of them wind up going into the military because they don't have a sense of purpose, a sense of direction. Um, They're hoping that the military will keep them out of trouble. And I'm just looking to see, and then now you've got these same people that use violent methods. They are in fact creating maybe more soldiers because not not the soldiers, but the, the sinister minds behind it are not the sharpest knives in the drawer. So they need a larger body of men to use to move their agendas forward across the world. And that's not just us. Um, that's not just a United. We don't have the corner on the market on that. So anyway, it's just food for thought as, as you move around. Is it possible that this destructive nature in the courts was in fact hatched 65 years ago, somewhere around there, and planted for the very purpose of creating those three negative fruits in men's lives. And I would argue it's not only possible, it's entirely plausible. And in fact, I, I have a hard time not seeing intention in it. And then you know, not many of the courts right now. There is a small bump that's taking place in the family court systems. And I cannot remember. I saw a little story about a group of attorneys who are, in fact, suing a judge. I, I want to say this is maybe in North or South Carolina. It may not be. But a group, a, a large group of attorneys is actually suing some clinical social workers, maybe one, I don't know. I believe a psychologist and a judge um, because they're running a racket in family court systems um, in an effort to bleed money out of fathers, essentially, because fathers usually wind up paying the bill for the legal fees that are that are, you know, that are amassed during a, a divorce. But it's become a financial Ponzi scheme. And so I don't know where this legal case will go, but it, it it could bring some things to light. There are a handful of judges around the country that are now fed up with watching entitled women do bad behavior, knock out a couple of kids with a guy, and then falsely accuse him of things, and then go to court to try to clean out his assets, destroy him, destroy his reputation, take his children from him. And again, here we go with that that altering of the natural order is now bred into the mind of way too many women. And it's not just here in the United States. This is something that is in many countries around the world. For it to be doing this and not see orchestration behind it is something that I have a hard time doing. I do see intention behind it. And again, I would fall back to the same thing I touched on in some earlier podcasts and at length in my book is that the only way to hold something of this scale together is the spiritual realm, the underworld, has to orchestrate it. 
Men and women are not bright enough. We are not capable of holding that kind of Ponzi scheme together. The spiritual realm is very adept at it because all they have to do is put that seed inside of the minds of men and women. And now you've got women fighting and feeling entitled to alter the natural order and, in fact, script their own children, their own boys, and their daughters. But, I mean, statistically, they are, in fact, almost guaranteeing that their sons will grow up emotionally unhealthy, dysfunctional, antisocial, uh, with a tendency toward toward criminal behavior. And you have women feeling entitled to this. Like, I, 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 it's hard to explain because I... To me, it seems so broken from the natural order of the way God created things that to have women feeling entitled to wreck their own families, I guess that's maybe the best way to put it. And they will fight for that. And attorneys will fight for them and then build a father for destroying their own family. It's the whole thing is twisted, but that was just something that struck me in the shower and it's just food for thought. I'm going to drop it off there and I will catch you on the next one.